Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and your host for this podcast series. This is episode 64 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. For today's episode, our topic is the moon card and moon cycles. And I've got a very special guest. I'm bringing on Ezie Spencer, the author behind the genius book, Lunar Abundance. Welcome, Ezie. Hello. It's so good to be here, Teresa. I am so excited to have you here. And by the way, I love your book. It is so fabulous, and I think it's beautifully done, and it just explains things about the moon um, so clearly. So thank you for writing it. Oh, well, it was such a joy to write it. So thank you so much for for reading it. (laughs) Yes, I really do adore it. And so let's go ahead and start talking about the moon, because I think you are the right person to talk about the moon. Now, the moon card in general is often associated with change, but also fear and instincts. Can you speak about that? Yeah, and I think that this is something which we so often shy away from with the lunar element because it's not as easily comprehensible or packaged or understood um, when we get into the realm of fear and instinct. So many of us tend to shy away from it. And so I found that, you know, I've lived a lot of my life in that place as well um you know but i feel like really starting to tap into that energy leaning into that energy and working out how to ride that energy on an ongoing basis has been a way for me to liberate myself from the you know that fear and scarcity and worry about life and just to relax into the more intuitive side of living and being in the flow and the mystery and the unknown and embracing all of that. Beautiful. You know, humans have always been fascinated by the moon. Why do you think that is? I feel like it's just been this real perennial mystery in a way. I mean, we it's always been there at night, of course, you know, it's one of the luminaries. Um, and it seems to have this mysterious, power or force over the tides, over agriculture and food and crops, and also over our emotional realm, which is really where I am um, most interested, you know, because that was such uncharted territory for me, um, particularly, you know, growing up in this Western society. And I started out in the law, so very different profession, very heady, very much about, you know, being able to, to think our way out of things rather than go into the feelings in the emotional world. And I feel like as humans, you know, emotions have always been this part of our constitution, our makeup, which are, you know, incredibly powerful and can lead us, you know, into all of the best parts of of being human, you know, love and delight and, you know, that awesomeness that it is to be here on this earth. Um, But I also feel like that emotional realm can be, you know, at times if we don't have carriage of it or agency over it, it can be extremely overwhelming and disorienting. So I think there's a bit of a a push-pull with that particular, you know, part of being human, the human experience. And for me, the moon is very much a mirror. So it is, I work with the hermetic principle of correspondence as above, so below. So the moon in the sky is representing to us, it's symbolic for us of this emotional realm and also our subconscious, the parts of our 
our being, which are not always accessible to us, but we have a feeling that they're there. We can sense them. Right on. Uh, and, you know, feelings, we, we live in a very solar world, right? Um, and solar world is very much about the yang energy, and it's about, um, you know, do and think. And, you know, for many of us, we lose touch with that whole lunar aspect. And I think the lunar aspect of yin and feeling and intuition and going deep, I think that's a juicy place to be. I like it. <laughs> I love playing in this terrain now for sure. Yeah. So, you know, in your opinion, what role does the moon play in intuition? Well, I feel like when we pay closer attention to the moon, at least in the way that I work with it, so working with the moon as a mirror, as I mentioned before, so, you know, working with the moon as a trigger to come within, then anything that is going to connect us more deeply with ourselves with our own, you know, inner knowing, our inner wisdom, our, our body knowing, the knowing of our heart and our soul is going to sharpen our intuition. And I feel like when we, the more that we listen to our intuition over time and the more that we're able to see that it is that inner guiding light, the more that we're able to trust that. And so what I love about the moon is that it's always there. You know, it's always there in, in, in the sky. There's always going to be another full moon. There'll always be another new moon. You know, the moon cycle just keeps going. And so even while this world of, you know, the emotions and the feeling and intuition, you know, it doesn't make logical sense. It's not in that solar realm, as you say. There is a repetition to it. There is a kind of consistency to it. And I feel like the more that we align with the moon cycle, we can use that as an anchor to continue to keep coming back and connecting in with ourselves and our own mm. knowing and just making that stronger and stronger over time. Then when we can navigate the world from that place, that inner centered, anchored place, then we're going to have a very different experience than when we're being constantly tossed and turned around by external views, opinions and expectations around who we should be and what we should do. Mm, I love that. So what is your advice for people who think they're not intuitive? Oh, it's just something that you can learn. It's a skill. So it just takes practice. And every practice takes time and it takes devotion. And I feel like working with the moon is such an easy practice to start with because, again, the moon is always there. You know, you can always go outside and look up at night. This is an intuitive practice which is just very much connected with the natural rhythms of our environment. And so I always encourage people to start when working with the moon cycle, you know, start by going outside at night and looking up and just seeing what is it that the, you know, that you're, you are feeling when you are looking up at the moon in the sky, if you can see it, of course. You know, and earlier on in the moon cycle, when we can't actually see the moon, if it's a new moon, for instance, where the moon's between the sun and the earth and blocking the sun's light, so we can't actually see the new moon at night, that's a really beautiful time to set an intention. And you can set an intention every new moon. And I encourage people at the new moon, you know, don't set an intention which is about getting up into your head and thinking about what it is that you want to achieve in your life or what it is that you want to get. Work with this new moon intention setting time as a way of cultivating your intuition by coming within and just listening. You know, we've lost that art of listening, the deep listening 
um, inside of ourselves. What is it that we're really yearning for? What do we desire? What is it that we're actually feeling? And once we have that practice of going within and then every day within the moon cycle, working with the moon as that trigger to come within again and check in with ourselves, then what you'll find is that very, very quickly, you know, within a moon cycle, you'll start to cultivate a much deeper intuitive sense of yourself and also the world around you. Mm-hmm. You know, I found um, for a lot of people, one of the things that I do advise them is, you know, when they come to tarot, they think, well, I can't read tarot because I'm not intuitive. But I often find that the more people work with tarot or work with something like a moon practice, the more intuitive they naturally get because, you know, they're paying attention. It's really about being mindful in tarot cards and astrology and, again, practices like following the lunar cycles. It really does help you to tune into the present moment and what's around you. Because I think a lot of people, I like to say they're asleep at the wheel and they don't realize you can plug in, you can tune in. And it really starts with paying attention. So that's how I feel about it. I love what you just said about mindfulness because mm-hmm. that's key. Mm-hmm. It sure is. And when you think about intuition, you know, people who are intuitive, they tend to be really tuned into their environment. So they're in tune. So intuition, you are in tune. You are paying close attention. You know, I, I look for omens and signs and symbols all the time. It's very natural for me. And I always find it really fascinating that so many people think, well, that's really strange when I think there's all the signs around us all the time. It's just a matter of paying attention to them. Mm-hmm. So can you give a brief explanation of lunar cycles and how they work, especially around the manifestation part? Because a lot of people are you know, curious, how can we become more abundant and how can these lunar cycles work? Yeah, well, a lot of us are familiar, of course, with the full moon, you know, and I'm sure all of your listeners are familiar with the, with the full moon and tuned into that. But I feel like it's so important to wheel it back. So two weeks earlier or thereabouts, back to the start of the lunar cycle, which is that new moon piece. And that new moon time is the best time to get really clear on what it is that you want to cultivate in your life in this particular moon cycle. And because there's always been this relationship between the moon and agriculture and creation and this, you know, feminine principle of, you know, making things happen, um, but not just from out there and hustling in the world, but starting out at the dreaming stage, at the planting the seed stage. And so that happens at the new moon. So it'll happen once a month. Um, or thereabouts at the new moon phase. And so at the new moon phase, I encourage people to get really clear about what it is that they're really deeply wanting to create in your life at this time. And so again, you know, coming within and working with the emotions, working with the physical sensations in the body, making that a very grounded, anchored experience of what it is that you want to feel. Work with the senses, you know, really activate, you know, that sense of awareness and mindfulness presence in your body in this world what is it you want what is it that you want to create at the new moon phase and then work each day throughout the moon cycle by again coming back in returning your attention and your awareness to what it is that you're wanting to create and again that can be absolutely anything you know it may be something that you're wanting to create in in terms of maybe it is that you want to draw in a soulmate maybe you want to have a more deeper enriching relationship you know with your existing intimate partner maybe it's around cultivating more vitality and health maybe it's around financial abundance 
whether that be around bringing some more money into your world or being you know more able to, you know to accumulate uh, and save and you know to bring in that sense of strong financial foundation so these are the kind of more tangible things that you may want to be working with in terms of abundance at the new moon phase when you're setting your intention or it might actually be around cultivating a quality. So maybe you, there wants to be, you might want to be thinking about bringing in, you know, more love into your life, you know, more sense of kindness, compassion, connection you know, with others. Um, so there's plenty of different uh, areas that you could work with. It's really what's up for you. What is it that you feel is, you know, missing from your life at this time? What it is? What is it that you're really yearning for at this time? And then there are, I work with eight phases in the moon cycle. So the new moon being one of those eight phases. I work with um, you know, the, the practice which I've set out in the book. There's a chapter for each one of those eight phases and there's a focal point for each one of those eight phases. And really, you know, each one of those eight phases works with a different principle of abundance. So for instance, one of the phases is uh, you know, oftentimes we think once we've actually set an intention, once we've got about what it is that we want, the tendency can actually be towards racing out straight away to try to, to, to make that happen, getting into the how and the action-oriented side of things, getting more into the solar uh, way of doing things. But actually the lunar principles, the moon cycle works in a very different way when we're working with abundance. And what you'll find the more that you work with the moon cycle is you start to cultivate this sense of being magnetic meaning that you start to bring towards you what it is that you are thirsting for, what it is that you are desiring. And so the invitation is, rather than getting into the how and the action steps and so forth, is to, in the, in the first instance, you know, to come back and allow yourself just to rest, to pause, to see what beauty and magic is already around you, yes? and to allow the universe to start to bring towards you what it is that you deeply desire. And so we work with those principles as well as taking principles of discerning action rather than launching out and trying to do a million things all at once. You know, what then, once you've had that opportunity to pause and rest at, at the crescent moon phase, at that second moon phase, as we start to see the lights creep into the sky, at the first quarter moon phase, what might be that second, you know, what might be the, the one thing that you could do, which is going to be very strategic for you to do, which is going to be focused, which is going to prioritise um, what it is that you're really desiring. Once you've had that moment of pausing and, and pulling back and working out what's actually important, and it's a way to start to move forward which is not going to exhaust you, you know, it's a way of moving forward which is going to lead to sustainable growth and sustainable abundance. Um, and then there's a, each one of the, those moon phases throughout the moon cycle is another step in this practice of, of, of cultivating abundance in a very feminine way, of allowing it to materialise and actualise and come to you, allowing you to be the creative force in your own universe by working with the moon cycle in a way which is very much in sync with the rhythms of, of our natural environment and our, and our earth. That's so beautiful. Thank you. So let's talk about eclipses for a moment because, you know, the interesting thing about the moon card, um, you know, eclipses are huge, especially in astrology. And in the moon card, when you look at the moon, it looks like there's a moon over our sun. So it's 
really like a, an eclipse. And we also see that happening in the card, the Eight of Cups has also got an eclipse in it. So what do we need to know about eclipses? I find that eclipses tend to accelerate anything that is going on. And so I find that lunar eclipses always happen at the full moon and not at every full moon though, of course, Mm -hmm. you'll get two or three eclipses a year. Um, And at the time of recording, we've just had quite a dramatic lunar eclipse. Yes. (laughs) And it seems that, you know, the moon and eclipses and, are definitely gaining in, in, in popularity and are really across all of the mainstream media now, which is, which is so fun, um, that people are starting to really pay attention um, to eclipses again, because, of course, eclipses have always been, you know, a big part of, um, you know, the, or a really bit a big part of astrology. They've always captured the imagination of mystics and, sages and those who work more deeply with these principles of um, of the greater cosmos as well. Um, so lunar eclipses always happen at the full moon. Solar eclipses always happen at the new moon, but again, not always at every new moon. And the solar and lunar eclipses will come in pairs. And so right now at the time of recording, we're actually in between, you know, we're in one of these pairs in between the lunar and solar eclipse. Um, and so these can be extremely potent times to speed up anything mm-hmm. which is already underfoot for you. So if you are setting an intention and it's a new moon solar eclipse, then you'll find the new beginnings, uh, potential of that, or you know, the fresh start element of that will be really amplified for you. And same as that a lunar eclipse, you know, you'll really find that anything that you are letting go of, you know, it's a great time for release and shedding and purging at that time. Also, because the eclipses come every six months or so in the normal sort of rhythm of things because of the particular way that the Earth, Moon and Sun's orbits line up at the time of the eclipse, um, then I find that life tends to arrange itself in terms of chapters. So every six months, you will have another instance dormant or it's almost like you turn the leaf of a book at each six month period between each eclipse pair and so I find it's always really timely to look back at what was going on in your life say six months ago at the time of an eclipse and then look forward again in about six months time and see what's sort of the meta story, what's the meta narrative that's going on here, particularly once you've been working consciously with the moon, each moon cycle, so each month, you'll start to see these bigger patterns start to emerge at each one of those six month instalment marks between eclipses, which can be absolutely fascinating. Absolutely indeed. I, I think the eclipses are really fascinating, um, you know, and I find that when those eclipses come up, it really tends to bring out, you know, a lot of anxiety around people, but uh, a lot of times it supercharges people to make some changes that they really need to be making. So mm. let's talk about the Void of Course moon. That's another moon that you'll hear of. And, you know, people ask, what's the Void of Course moon? What should people know about the Void of Course moon? 
I love the void of course moon and I don't talk about it all that often um so I am excited to talk about it now so the void of course moon actually happens when it'll happen every few days we get a, a two or three days we get a void of course moon because it happens between the moon moves between signs astrological signs and before it makes it uh, or once it's, it's made its last major aspect in terms of um, relating to the other main planets before it moves into the next sign and starts to connect in with the planets again is that window of the void of course moon and what I love about the void of course moon is that it's very inconsistent in terms of length and duration so some void of course moons might just be for a few minutes um, but some void of course moons are going to be much, much longer. So for instance, we're recording this conversation in a much longer void of course moon window, which it can you know, last several hours sometimes, even up to a day at times. So the void of course moon, and you know, you can obviously speak um, probably more eloquently about this than I, Teresa, but it is such a good time to really start to tap in more deeply to your own intuition and your own knowing. I love this time because it, because the moon is not actually connecting up with with anything else it's a time of almost pure moon if you will so it's the moon is representing our intuition our instincts our subconscious all of our you know these parts which can be more difficult to access um or at least in the way that we've been conditioned in, in our very western solar world then we do have this opportunity in the void of course moon to come much deeper into relationship with ourselves in this way so it's a wonderful time to be very creative to write poetry to meditate to play music to do any of those kind of activities which connect you in with your subconscious mind in that way it's less of a uh, good time to sign contracts or make big decisions or start big projects which are going to have an impact out in the external world and in, in, in the more sort of tangible arenas of life but it is a beautiful time if you're getting into a lunar practice or if you want to deepen a lunar practice to go more deeply into the yin um, magical side of things. Right on and you know for me I, I use the moon for my business um, that's I use astrology for my business. That's primarily how I work with astrology. It is extremely good for business. And the one thing I've learned is the void, of course, moon. This is not the time to launch things. It's not the time to get into it with somebody if they're being unreasonable. It's not the time, like you said, to do big projects. So when the void, of course, moon is going on, I tend to put myself and hunker down on creative things. And if there's something that's aggravating or that needs to be moved forward, I wait until the moon is out of that cycle because it often tends to just be a lot of aggravation and things don't amount to much. Exactly. And you can kind of play with the void of course moon if you don't really want something to move forward. This is a little yes. trick of the trade. <laughs> You can always um, initiate something on a void of moon or, you know, try to close something off on a, on a void of moon um, when it's something which you actually would rather that that just went away. Yes, <laughs> that's a, a very good advice. Absolutely. So we're going to do a fun little tarot size. And this is something that I like to do around the new moon and the full moon. And I think that this is a great way for people to work with tarot and the moon. And it's just so much fun. So. On the new moon, I like to pick a card and ask, what needs to begin? And on the full moon, I like to pick a card and ask, what needs to go? 
And it's just a really great way to do some reflection and contemplation. And even though we don't have a new moon or full moon, we're going to just do this right now to give people a little example. So the first thing I'm going to be doing is, well, think about since the full moon is behind us, we have a new moon ahead of us. Let's just pick one and see what needs to go. And we'll both add our two cents in this. So the card I picked for what needs to go is the King of Cups. What would you think about that? What needs to go, Ezzy? Goodness. Oh, I'd need to probably, um, yeah, oh, feel into that one for a minute. It's a big card. You know, when I look at it right away, I think of um, the King of Cups is always the master of emotions. And also the emotions are big under a King of Cups. And in this card, he's sailing along on this really choppy waters. He looks pretty chill, but energetically, what needs to go? Big reactions when things get difficult. That's what I would say this is what needs to go. Mm, A little bit of ego as well, perhaps. Yes, absolutely. How is your ego getting in the way of what you want to accomplish, have, or be? So let's pick something for the new moon. What needs to begin? The Four of Swords. The Four of Swords shows a figure who's resting. What needs to begin? Meditation, contemplation, slowing down and getting into the present moment. That's what I see this as, what needs to begin. What do you see it as? I feel like, to build on what you've just said, there is a need to rest the mind. Mm. Boy, do we need that. And that's really lunar activity. So it's actually kind of the perfect card to finish up what we're talking about today to let go of the big emotional reactions. And then with the new moon, maybe a little mindfulness, tuning in, all good Mm. stuff. And so for people who are listening, this tarot size is something that I love to do on the new moon and full moon. It's a little solo activity I do by myself. And I encourage you guys to do that too. Um, that's a great way to tune into the moon and what's going on and also maybe to tune into what's going on in you. I love that. I'm going to start doing this. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so big into the new moon and full moon. And so I'm always doing something, but this is a practice I've been doing for quite some time and it really just helps me to tune in. So, so for people who are tuning in, Essie, can you tell people where they can find their book and where they can learn more about you? Yeah, so the book is called Lunar Abundance, spelled L-U-N-A-R, Lunar Abundance, Cultivating Joy, Peace and Purpose with the Phases of the Moon. And it's available wherever books are sold. Or you can come on over to my website, lunarabundance.com, where there's a link to buy the book over there. And I post about the moon on Instagram. My handle on Instagram is Ezzie Spencer, E-Z-Z-I-E, Spencer, S-P-E-N-C-E-R. And I post about each one of those eight moon phases, which I mentioned. So the new moon and the full moon is the, you know, these are the foundation points of the practice. But then there are these other moon phases that fall in between, which can be very powerful when you tap into those. So come over to the Instagram and take a little look and please do um, you know, let me know if you've read the book and how you're working with the practice because I absolutely love to hear from you and I love to hear the results that you get with the practice. People have really transformed their lives, you know, got promotions, you know, met the man of their dreams, the woman of their dreams, had babies and, mm. you know, created a lot of financial abundance through working with this moon practice. So I really wish the same for you. 
And I can say that it does work, people. So be sure to nab your copy of Lunar Abundance because it's a book I think everyone's going to find really useful. And for people who love tarot, this is just another way to tune in and get connected. And, you know, you're going to find out it makes you a better reader, actually. So I want to thank you for making the time to talk with me today, Ezzie. I so appreciate you sharing your wisdom with my audience today. Oh, it has been a real pleasure. All right, people, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. You can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free introductory classes for tarot newbies, the tarot coloring book, plus hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and lots of other good things for you to scope out. Enjoy. Thanks again for listening, and have a beautiful day. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a minute to leave a kind review on iTunes because it's going to help more tarot-curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I love to finish off by saying this. And by the way, this really suits what we talked about today. Pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. <laughs>